Welcome to the Green Lantern Corecast, and today we're bringing you as much installments as we can for reviews of brand new issues of comics that came out, the Green Lantern Core 51, Brian is number 8, and the anticipated uh, uh, crossover uh, between the Justice uh, Justice League of America and the Justice Society of America. So remember, we are the Green Lantern Corecast, the uh, source for all things Green Lantern, such as reviews for uh, media, reviews for the comic books, and reviews for any and all things you possibly want to know. And again, what can you want for nothing? I'm your host, Frankie Mateo. Joining me today are Andrew NDB, Brandon West, Colton, and Kuhan. And also joining us are Eric, and new to the show for the second time in a row, Karen. Let me apologize in advance for in um, after advance that I talked a lot. I was excited to be on the show. I've been gone for a while. Okay. I was just quiet because I'm entranced by all of you. <laughs> I'm entranced by the back. Guys, how are you doing tonight? Good. Uh, Fantastic. I just I just got out of a trunk, so that's that's good. Another Friday night for you, Kuhan? Just another Friday night, that's right. Kuhan, for your Friday nights, I wish you were actually not drunk. <laughs> no, I'm not. I mean, I mean, we can't condone minors now drinking on our shows. I, I'm not. I'm not drinking. I was just. Uh, I was just. Juhan, you have to have this intervention one of these days. Okay, I'll, I'll be sure to have that intervention. We'll, we'll do it on air. <laughs> with all the with all the coal mining they do, how can you forbid minors to drink? Ha 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 ha! Shut up. Boom, and the joke passes. Now we're going to start off with Green Island Core number fifty-one. The issue basically, you know, has a uh, a bit of a conclusion of Alpha Lantern Boudica. Hank Henshaw wanting to uh, revert back to possibly human and forcing Gathley to uh, show his hand and to reverse engineering the Alpha Lanterns uh, from mechanical beings to uh, saving their lives. Of course, Henshaw, of course, uh, goes out of his way of murdering every single one of them just because Gathley's too slow. Now, as for an issue of itself, it's good. It's a good mid- uh, midway point of the story. I sort of enjoyed how, it was, how it's coming along. Uh, you know, we get a little bit of more in- insight as to sales people and their apparent, apparent uh, falling under uh, their master's knee at Hen- Henshaw's bequest. But of course, when they rise up, when the other landers tell them, "Hey guys, this is Verstel. We should fight back. He taught you freedom." They all take their sweet time to do so, but they want to come out of their way and you know be humans. And of course, Hanu is brought back. What do you guys think of the story? I'm gonna start with. Too hot, seeing they came out of a chest. Oh, great! Yeah, just start with me. Uh, no, not a chest. It was a, it was a car trunk. Listen, it's more like you know, like pot of gold. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyways. Like a leprechaun. Anyways, 
Uh, I'm not uh, really sure that anything really actually happened here. I mean, come on. How can you say things did not happen? I mean, some guys had blasted in the face. Uh, yeah. I'll just uh, have failed in life support. Green Lantern. Buddha could die. Green Lantern Redshirt died. Uh, we don't know she died. Green, yeah, we don't know Boudicca died. Green Lantern Redshirt died. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, John Stewart's beard scruff uh, grew. And as did Kyle Rayner's. And Sornic Natus. Um, let's see. So did, so, did this, so this guy in the event ad, just saying. Uh, they, they rallied the troops, right? Uh, and then Hanu showed up. So and things happen. <laughs> things happen. Progression occurred. Yeah, yeah. Shit went down. We, we, we basically got the progression that should have happened in the like the last issue. Uh, they, they, could, they could have just made the issue like added ten more pages to the issue and gotten all this progression in. You know, added ten pages to issue fifty and gotten all the progression they got in this issue in ten pages. But they decided to put it in twenty-two page comic book. So you know, whatever. Uh, it was it was okay. It was nothing special. All right, Calden, right, what do you think of the issue? Oh, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's finally nice to see some resolution towards the Alpha Lanterns they're building up. We're seeing them dropping left and right, and you know, with all this uh, Gantt learning how they work, how the Alpha Lanterns work, I'm pretty sure that at the end of this arc, he's going to come around. Boudicca's going to be in the last of her legs, and he's going to be able to, even if he can't save her life, he's going to at least be able to rep- repair her a bit. And keep her life as an awful lantern, if nothing else. Maybe the last one. I swore, after this event, he'll probably be like, Machinery, be damned! What is this ache in my heart? Oh, yeah, yeah, what is, what is this? I love that scene. What is this ache in my heart? It's what, it's, it's that, it's one of those emotions that you guardians so, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> Discarded. Did, 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 did you forget what, did you forget what happened when, uh, when Necron, point, when Necron ripped out the organs? They're so emotionally sealed that their emotions are just caked, and they're like some kind of uh, cholesterol in their heart. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> so going to read this right. I'm going to read this verbatim. What is this terrible ache in my chest? It's called grief. One of those wonderful emotions you little blue know-it-alls ignored for so long. No, no, more painful. Stroke. It's, it's so emotional. His eyes, his eyes are watering. He's tearing up. His, you know, you can see tears streaming down his cheeks. His, Poor little blue guy. He's like he's clutching his heart. <laughs> It's 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 so it's an emotional scene, man. Quest, what did you think? Uh, I really enjoyed this issue. Um, I thought the art was pretty good. I was um, gonna bring up Adrian Save. Oh yeah, they, they got they got Kyle Rayner's hair right, guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I Kyle like Kyle Rayner's hair right can never be right unless it changes every other page. Every <laughs> other page. I like his art. Um, his his anatomy. His needs a little polishing up. You know, some arms grow bigger every page. But, uh, no, for the most part, I really like this issue. Um, it wasn't, you know, a lot of progression, like Kuan said, but I, I liked it. Uh, Hanu, I didn't really care, but, you know, it was a little dramatic. To be honest, yeah. I have to say, I'm sorry to cut you off. The foment, mm-hmm. you know, you hear this part where, uh, John's like, oh man, who are we gonna call? We got no backup. And Kyle goes, I got the perfect guy to call. I love it. Like, I'm, I'm, so I'm gonna call a friend. Not, I'm, not, I'm gonna call another lantern. I'm not gonna call backup, like, you know, cause we're yeah, he cops. Say, I'm gonna like call he, a friend. And he gives no mention as to who's gonna call. I got the perfect guy to bring in. I'm thinking to myself, oh man, who can Kyle possibly bring into this right. part of the galaxy? I, I didn't realize that Kyle was on the cover. I'm thinking to myself, it might be someone in Kyle's past. Like, you know, someone, like, oh, none of us is gonna respect. I swore, I, and 
to quote Eric, because Eric's not on Joe right now, but he, me and him were talking about this. I thought it was going to be that, that legless guy back in Kyle's run who lost his legs and became, you know, Kyle granted no, his that, legs back. That doesn't make right. sense. I figured it would be like Adam Strange, you know, because he's like. No, I thought in- he was just going to show up. Well, like, I don't know. We're like bringing Adam back the Strange. 90s with his mother and everything. Like, that's, I've been flying through space after I escaped Necron. That's kind of ridiculous, but Adam Strange. It's even ridiculous. Like, Adam but it Strange makes sense because, like, he's, he's, he's insane. Adam Strange does not make sense. It makes more sense than some legless dude. Adam Strange is in space already. He's, you know, he they they did stuff in the Ranthanagar War, so they've met each Maybe other. So, but I want to see some more action of the '90s. Sure, sure, but still, like it, like Hanu, the the way that they introduced Hanu in this book made absolutely no sense. Like, I'm going to call a friend, not backup, a friend. Oh, wait, wait, when did you and Hanu become friends? Yeah, right. I didn't see the progression. Yeah, of yeah, this. like like he's so smiling, like yeah, he's my best friend, man. Hanu shows up like yeah. One, 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 thing, one thing about uh, about Saif's art is that he's he is really good at drawing that stubble, man. Like it's, it's yes, like he is. it's like he keeps getting better and better at drawing stubble. I think I think I think he he took this book just uh, to progress away from the stubble. I'm sorry, yeah. Wes. Continue what you were saying. No, I don't know what I was saying. I, I was just praising the book. Uh, I thought Bradar really did a, a, a good job. Um, Boudicca's quote unquote death. It was it's pretty pretty good. Ganthic crying was a bit over the top. Like uh, Colton's idea that she could be the last Alpha Lantern. Uh, I prefer if she was like the last Alpha Lantern period and ended up being human, you know, or not human, Alien, back to normal. Yeah, I would rather her be back to normal and be the last living former Alpha Lantern, but uh. You know, I like his idea as well. But if if it if it doesn't go there and they all end up dying, then I feel a little bit cheated. Because then it just be like, oh well, we didn't like that storyline anyway, so uh, all that potential is dead now. Just you know, like I, the I'm corpse. Pretty, I, I'm almost pretty sure Badika <laughs> is gonna hang on there. If for no other reason, that Jeff Johns blurted out at the con that yeah, Badika's gonna be one of the members of the ongoing right. group. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good right. And and uh, didn't Bedard mention Hanu to us? When he came on, yes, he, he yes he did. He mentioned did. that, that was, he'd be a regular, was, and he mentioned there there would be one surprise coming out of this arc for uh, members uh, of his rotating cast, I guess the regulars. I guess it's Hanu then. No, uh, aside from Hanu, <laughs> it's, gonna be, Henshaw, it's gonna be Henshaw. <laughs> that would be yeah, actually Adam awesome. Strange. That would be hilariously awesome. Adam, Adam Strange, Adam Strange. guy, you know, with the, the likelessness. I want Adam Strange. To, to be to be fair. He's already in Rebels as a regular character. Who, Adam Strange? You no. Know, Ryder. Adam Strange, yeah. He's a regular character in Rebels now. Listen, I because... understand you wanted to make that plug in for Rebels and that you enjoyed the book well, so no, no, much. No, no, Bedard, Bedard, you know, Bedard's writing Rebels. I understand he's, he's also writing course. Rebels. Like, we did... always have our constant, you know, backer upper of the Of course, the of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Mew, Mew, I think I'm pretty sure Mew at this point is paid to support Rebels. <laughs> but, um. The house is you're, you're putting me through college. Yeah, yeah, Rebels, Rebels is putting Colton through college. That's All right. Well, aside from that, we're also going to move on to Andrew. Andrew, give your piece about uh, GLC 51. I w- um, actually, I really, really, really liked that. I think this is actually my favorite issue of, of, of some time. Um, not just in GL, but uh, in, in some time. I mean, just outside of even Green Lantern itself. Um, it's, it's really Kyle Rayner-centric, which doesn't hurt in my book, but uh, it... Uh, it, it it does good. I think Tony does does well here. He really comes into his own here. Uh, so you think it was? What? You thought it was Kyle centric? 
after all that talking John did, you thought it was Kyle centric? A little bit. I mean, just the way he kind of. Well, he's, he's the one with the plan. He's the one with yeah. the plan. He's right. the one taking action. His plan is to call for help. <laughs> Wait, His plan is not a plan. Be that as it may. <laughs> yeah, it's not much of a plan. It's like, guys, wait, I've got the perfect plan. Let's get someone else to come up with a plan. That's <laughs> you are the true torchbearer. Like, you're, ah, fuck, I can't believe we hired Hal. Like, this is ridiculous. Wait some time. Hey, he is the true torchbearer. Uh, he's, obviously, he was the one that they, the Guardians, again, I'm starting right now, he was the one the Guardians sent to destroy the Starheart. The only Greenlander capable of destroying the most powerful in the universe was Kyle Rayner. And it wasn't even worth it to send anybody else. Like, no, let's save on gas. Let's just send fucking Kyle. <laughs> save on gas. Maybe they just said send Ion and they forgot that they took away his Ion powers. <laughs> I think they not even realize that Ion's alive, right? Isn't that the thing? They don't know that Ion's alive now? Right? He's unconscious right. on uh, Daxum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so damn, yeah, we're talking about the freaking fish. Oh, the fish itself. Oh, yeah. Doesn't the little happy alleyops has a fish, right? Wait, did we ever get the the ring that say uh mm-hmm. whatever it says when the lantern dies? When when yeah, to the ring to the Oh, the awful lantern? No, they didn't. I don't think. No, no, I, I meant y- Sodom Yacht when he went into the sun. Did did the did ring, his ring? Did his ring come out? Um, no, no, it didn't. He kept it. So no, he didn't keep no, his ring. No one's he, gonna mention that. He's gonna say he's alive he, in the no, sun. He, okay, he got, with that? he got rid of his ring, and then Apa Ali Apsa came and brought him his ring back. Isn't that what happened? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. No, no, and no, I'm not. Did I imagine that? I could have sworn. Sodom yacht. Yeah, yeah. The issue. No. The I mean, issue no, where you see him. Where you see him plummeting. Where you see him plummeting back from the sun. You see Apa Ali Apsa there. Saying like, "Oh, here's your reward," uh, and then he, as he rips out Ion, he gives him back his ring. I thought his ring was already on his finger. No, he oh, did he, remove. Because he he, he, he it. had to take off his ring in order to access the Ion power to do his sun thing. His son's because apparently Scar screwed with his ring to prevent him from getting his power. Yeah, he yeah, had a handicap on his ring. That was the fifty-one. Whole fifty-one is the issue where they drag him under the sewers and shit, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, because that was the last. Now, I just want to put a disclaimer here that. Uh, Still could not be Appy Aliopsa. I know we all assume it is, but just just record when if it isn't, we're all gonna feel pretty silly. I can't imagine any other person it is, but if it isn't, you know. We we also okay. thought that Jeff Johns wouldn't bring lanterns into the equation and uh <laughs> We remember how that turned he's out. <laughs> he like he's like, not only gonna use wire lanterns, but it's not gonna be Hal. You idiots. You idiots thinking it's gonna be Hal. I'm smarter than you. I'm smarter than you. <laughs> I love the book like, like it's totally not gonna be how guys. You think it's gonna be how it's not gonna be how and then it's how. What are you doing? You know what else? There's I don't think there's any black white lanterns, is there? Are there? No. <laughs> Jason Rush is sort of a white lantern. There's a green one. Wait who? Jason Ru- Jason Rush is sort of kind of a white lantern, but not really. Oh wow, yeah, that's right. He can't even be an actual white lantern, he's gotta wear one. <laughs> He's a happy. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Actually, so, no worries. Terrible. So, what do we think about uh, Cyborg Superman's plot here and how he's executing it? Well, you know, pretty I much think, the crux uh, of everything. My biggest, my biggest, I like him as a villain. I, I guess you, Frankie, were talking about how silly it was that he was like, I just really want to die, and then he was dead. But then the manhunters like resuscitated him, so he destroyed him for resuscitating him, and then just flew around the universe. Kill yourself, dude! Like, what do you? Did you 
to be fair, he flew straight to death and asked to die. I mean, that's that makes sense to me. Yeah, he should have flown to death into the sun. Be more proactive. I feel like that's his problem. His problem is he wants to die, but he doesn't actually do himself. He's lazy. Is really the. He can't really destroy himself. He has a lot of energy. Couldn't like fly into a black hole though. I, I don't know. But anything. He went. Or you could have you could time travel to like you know entropy or something. Dude, like they did to Doomsday that time, just fire at the universe. Like, come on, you know. Anyway, but I I think it's a little silly that he's able. I mean, he does explain it sort of, but it is a little silly that he's able to make lanterns, alpha lanterns, but can't unmake them. I mean, that's a little. It's a bit contrived of a reason to get Gantt there, and I still don't quite understand why Gantt is not just powerful enough to like just knock his face off. I mean, yeah. I mean, they should it's, be that strong. I mean, it, even if they have no ring, I don't understand. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's. I wouldn't say that's. That's not a fault of the storyline, Tony. I mean, this is. It, it, I feel like we're now being told in kind of a retcon fashion that oh yeah, Guardians they, they don't really have that much power. I, I think that's kind of. Well, being, I, I would like to yell down from above. I, I would like. I would like to establish a clear establishment. I mean, that's the biggest problem with a lot of the power level stuff, like Larflees and how you know now Hector Hammond flat warfleas around like that's absurd you know I mean the fucking guy had like he could fight off a whole crew of guardians and Hector Hammond is slapping him around if Hector Hammond's also fighting Green uh, Lantern I mean how they're it's ridiculous so I mean power levels have to be more clearly established technically speaking uh, Larfleas should be like uh, stronger than freaking uh, 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 original Ion and Parallax he should be able to beat Superman I mean you know he should be able to beat anybody I mean he, he should he's stronger than all the guardians he should be stronger than the anti-monitor if you just do the math I mean it's you know, because the Guardians could fight off the Andamar, but they, couldn't, they can't fight off Larfleet because they left him there for billions of years. And he has to do is just stealing pens on Earth getting flat around by Hector Hammock. I mean, it's, right. it's absurd. So. You know what I also need to hear from? I need to hear from Karen Bing. Right? Yeah. Oh, crap. Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need to actually <laughs> hear some more. You know. wake up, okay? <laughs> I, I need, I need a minute too. of being. You know, I, I got a gloat here. I'm, I'm really kind of uh, freaking excited that I, I actually understood about 85% of the conversation you guys have been having. I've been flipping through um, issue 51 here, just well, kind of killing time. like 70%, so. Um, no, I, I actually got a chance to read uh, the Sinestro Core War, and uh, I really dug that, which I uh, I wasn't... I guess to say I wasn't expecting it is 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 wrong. I just... I wasn't expecting to understand it, to be <laughs> honest. But I, I did, and so now a lot of the other stuff that I'm reading now makes a whole lot more sense. So uh, mm. I I kind of feel like, you know large chunks of the map are being opened up. So I'm, I'm, I'm following stuff a lot more. I liked this issue. Um, I, then again, you know, I, I really do have a soft spot for thugs. So anytime a character kind of drops in and punches someone in the face and says choke on it, you know, I'm there. That That's worth my price of admission as far as I'm concerned. Is that the wrong response? No! <laughs> well, yes! I mean, I mean, no. Maybe. <laughs> okay. no. So you're calling Cyborg Superman a thug? No, she's calling Hanu a thug. Yeah, Hanu's oh. yeah, a thug. Yeah, Hanu Hanu is, uh, I don't need my ring. Yeah. Yeah, Frank I, and I were discussing how Hanu is very similar to Kilowog, who is a total ripoff at this point of like the thing, but he's just the thing again, so he's like a big cyclical ripoff. But uh, I, don't know. I mean, what's the, why is Hanu okay. the guy he called? I mean. Not to be like that guy who's gonna like throw the wrench in the storyline, but because I mean, he, he doesn't have, he doesn't use his ring. 
Yeah, if he's not dependent on his ring and they ah. keep draining power from the ring, then you might as well. Mm. No, no, no. You know, aside from that, you know, aside from that, and me and Eric were talking about this, we remember the storyline. Remember when Kyle went off into space to start up his own core? I wanted him oh, to yeah. call them. Outside of the Mullet Warren guy from who I said earlier, I wanted them to call the uh, the the faction of the core he created years ago. Because that makes so much sense. I wanted to call the cognitive court any of the legion of accidentally subconscious monstrosities he created over the years like i got a plan i'm gonna call oblivion slash ion slash the entire new core slash everybody that showed up in the circle of fire and stuff i mean that would have been pretty <laughs> awesome if he's like pizza i made in circle of fire shazam and they're like what the fuck what the hell i'm overload yeah that would have been awesome that would have been awesome it might have been but a cut I, I do miss the new core well i want to i want to see wake raker uh raker warhead warrior and oh, the, uh, didn't he die? I, I still want. I still want to r- <laughs> rant about uh, the time his moment should have been in a special or something during Final Crisis, where the you know, oh the, something. I mean, where was he during Final Crisis? I mean, whole, like, yeah, side. Yeah. Where is he? I mean, this is this is the place. The third thing is that his was Kraken, who was the fucking Green Lantern that was taken over by goddamn gr- Granny Goodness. That's perfect. Right there. I mean, that's perfect. Right? She was obviously picking because she's the apocalypse guardian, and the Raker was just kind of standing around. I mean, really. It's, Maybe it's, she you know, disposed of him. No, we. There's no. There's no reason to believe he's. There's no reason to believe he's dead. In fact, it, there, I remember there was a in-story explanation that uh, she is no longer his sector partner. So, assumedly, he got a different sector partner, and then. Or yeah, assumedly, yeah, well, she killed her second her sector partner, and she doesn't have one anymore. Well, as an Appalachian, yeah. they don't have sector partners. You know, That's the whole thing. Really quick, though, the um, the uh, who's the the lantern that was chasing her and vampire lantern at the top of the bed? They're both Ash, dead, right? Ash they both died. Oh, that's, yeah, they, that's that's a good question. I mean, it's we, we saw them question. we saw them as black lanterns, but we didn't actually see them becoming black lanterns. So there's the whole thing about. Maybe they had, maybe they kind of had black rings thrust on them, and maybe when Necron died, maybe they kind of didn't die, but, but probably they did. That's kind of what I got out of it. Yeah, I guess because Hal is the only one that we saw that had a black ring that wasn't actually dead, right? Um, well, kind of. I mean, there's the yeah, he's one of those that, lieutenant uh, superheroes. That what? Were, uh, Wait, Superman had? Well, a no, there was Super there was Super Prime. Super Prime. Superboy Prime forcefully put a black ring on himself and died, but then he was able to like change the spectrums or some weird shit over in Adventure. <laughs> he was so he evil was and right emotional that he, he said, oh, I don't know what the fuck I was Did anyone make sense of that? Did anyone make sense of that? I, I couldn't no. know. Well, again, it's like the, the black rings are focal points of, you know, of gathering other sorts of, uh, you know, emotional spectrums. So it's feasible that his overload of emotions went rampant and changed the ring. Because it's just a control metal. It's not really like uh, an actual piece. It's just a focal point. So I, it, I think it, it taps into the idea that the rings all come from the same. I don't want to offer an explanation because I don't want there to be an explanation because I hate that issue more than anything in the world. But um, I, 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 it's the, I think the explanation they all tap into, they're all coming from the same place, you know, the Yahweh creature. And huh. so, uh, it's, and so they all kind of connect on a certain level, and that's why they're all able to be manipulated by lances. And stuff. They're all apparently made of dark yeah. matter. I hate that. Oh, no, no, no. No, they're all they're they're all coming from the same Owen blueprints apparently. Which I hate. I mean, yeah, honestly. whatever. Okay, you mean, clearly, I, I have to see. I have to see atrocities and it's like you know, a root, like making little like lanterns for people. Like, yeah, this this is what I'm doing right now. This is what I'm doing. You right are now. way up track right now. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're up track. 
Second, it's in. Well, okay, so basically we got everybody's little opinion in. Uh, most of us, again, like I said before, liked it. Some of us don't like it. Um, most of us were, you know, new to the story enough to, like, you know, say that it was a, a good start for him. So basically, we'll, we have to wait for the next issue to see what's going to go down. All right, let's move on to uh, Brightest Day number eight, the eighth of the series, where the White Lantern continues to uh, repeat itself to the others, wanting them to fulfill their missions in life or whatever. Uh, we learned a few new somewhat things, I think. Female Green Martian. Uh, <laughs> what? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Female Green. Green. Female Green. That's a great name. Female Green Martian. What else? Hawk people and lions. Uh, what else? Uh, cheeseburgers? I already mentioned cheeseburgers. I thought cheeseburgers was the last issue. Cheeseburgers are always involved with the White Lantern. I okay. do not read this book anymore. And that is the it. munchies. That is it. That's actually it. Mother issues, cheeseburgers, lion people, and... Green Martian lady. This book was all about John and the Hawks. Oh, I think it was because on. there was the an Hawks. issue where there were no Hawks. Yeah, see, so I, I, I knew that was going to happen. It was like, it was like there's a no Hawk issue, and we're all happy, and then they do an issue that's all about the Hawks. <laughs> and we're all happy. <laughs> we're all happy. <laughs> happy. There are no Hawks. Nobody likes the Hawks story. I don't know why they're us. writing this story. Nobody likes this story. I don't know how they thought people would like it. Nobody likes Remember, this story. Remember, it's, it's more of a way for the, for the, for DC, for the DC con- continuum to uh, keep trying to uh, pander to the Hawk franchise and try to make people, you know, like these characters more. I mean, granted, back uh, during the jail, you know, the Justice League Unlimited series, we were more inclined to enjoy the Hawks more than ever. Than ever. You know, Shara Hall, the uh, Hawkman storylines, even the the Starcross series Star-Cross. in the uh, Love that yeah the thing. movie series for the for the uh, Justice League Justice League the finale for Justice League itself uh, was fantastic. It made you go like, "Yo, Hawk people are awesome." This is a pretty cool story. But in the comics, it's a very different case. They're Again, their, their history is so convoluted that you can never really get a straight answer of what's going on. And and this story itself does nothing to try to correct it. It just lets you know that, yes, a lot of crazy stuff has happened to them. They are uh, ageless lovers who are constantly uh, destined to die whenever uh, they're ever, uh, at each other's arm's length or when that guy, the Shadow Thief, just comes out of nowhere and wants to murder them. So... Again, it's one of those stories where unless you actually know a lot of their history, you're not going to want to actually pay attention to their history. Well, maybe that's the benefit of this series or this segment of well, the series. Well, that's exactly what the segment is for. It's, it's like, to teach you of their history. Well, I, I, I thought the purpose of it was, like, for this entire series was that here are a bunch of characters who've been around for a very long time, but and we're going to give you a story where you don't need to know everything. We're gonna we're gonna spoon feed you everything you need to know about their history. For instance, Aquaman. Here's his wife. He bangs her in lighthouses. Hey hey hey, have... hey hey hey! We are a clean show here. <laughs> he makes sweet. He makes love. <laughs> sweet <laughs> consensual yes, intercourse. Didn't, didn't we just drop the f bomb like four times. Fornicate? <laughs> yes, fornicate. <laughs> no, that was actually a good one. Good job. Tritious, yes. Um, no, I, I thought the whole point of this series was to give you 
bang 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 stories of of uh of char- of little known characters and without worrying about their history. Such but, as Ronnie but, Raymond being a drunk. Right. And with with the Hawks it seems like they're making it a focus for me to hate them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like with Aquaman, I thought this was like, going to be some sort of, you know, you panning to continue reading the Hawks. I did not see that coming. Artie, and again, is drawing pretty good art. Um, I just don't like the story that's being told. And it's like, you're giving me Aquaman and bits and pieces of his history with Mera. You're giving me Ronnie Raymond showing me bits and pieces of his personality before he died. You're giving me Martian Manhunter showing me that you know, he's the last of his kind, apparently. And blah, blah, blah with everybody else. And then with the Hawks, you're giving me, oh, um, yeah, they've they've had a whole bunch of lives and uh, this is the guy who apparently hates them. <laughs> like if, if, if I'm reading the DC Universe for the first time, I'm seeing... Just a bunch of mess. It's like Black Man that shows up and slashes a bunch of throats in a deli and goes away for eight issues. And now we got this random guy that the Hawks apparently hate. So they're going to destroy all his henchmen and run after him through portals. And his her mom is behind it. Like, where is this going? <laughs> well, there is a there is a part in the story where they where they have um an explanation of the. Uh, I guess the Thanagarian of Hawkworld, of Hawkworld. I was saying this is not Thanagar, the Hawkworld, uh, and how apparently humans and beast people lived in some sort of a coalition, but they hated the Hawks, and the Hawks sort of hated them because they could fly. So there's probably some sort. Uh, uh, apparently, at, at the possibly at the end of the story, we're going to learn that all Thanagarians, in truth, are oh yeah, you're just humans. Because, uh, again, remember, everything stems from Earth, the birth right. planet. <laughs> God, this is, is uh... I, it, was, I, I, it was hard getting through to you. You know, but... a person I'm not, I haven't heard much of, of right now, I'm sorry, go on, Colton, what do you think about any of this? Well, I think this is fascinating to explore each of these characters. They probably should have gone with either a different method or uh, maybe just given like, each character like a one issue in Brightest Day. Or like two or three in a row, because you're not getting much from each character. You're, you're getting little bits of taste of what is one story for a character here and there. That's been my main problem with Brightest Day. It's just you know you keep just getting little bits and bits, just enough to whet your appetite, but not enough to give you anything uh, meaningful. Yeah, the way they structure the book itself, it seems more like I don't have a full story, so I'm just gonna write like two or three pages. End it there, and then continue it on in two, three pages. I mean, it'll it'll probably look better like in a trade. Like if you could like just link all of their little bits of story in like separate trades, I think that'd flow together great. I would honestly say if they do that, that's just them going like, okay, you were just too lazy to put these things out in single. Now you want to pander more money out of me? <laughs> yeah, but you I understand what I'm so. trying to say, right? Yeah, I understand. I understand the the story needs to be kind of told more together. Well, you got you got half the issue devoted to the Hawks and half the issue devoted to Martian Manhunter. Was that not say, enough for you? I can honestly <laughs> say this issue's going to just spend Martian Manhunter. I could have been done with it. I'm, I'm not going to lie; he's boring me just just as much as just the same, right? No, no, the Hawks, he, he, yeah. he could not be boring you just as much as the Hawks. That's, he, that's impossible. The Hawks are so he, honestly, maybe, maybe, too, maybe like, almost as much, but not just as much. Like 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 close. It could be close. 
<laughs> to be honest, I can honestly say, listen, I'm getting really tired of you, uh, Martian Manhunter, of going around from one place and going like, ah, someone's murdering people in a strangely familiar way. Huh. And then I know, huh, there's a green lady Martian. Well, isn't that something? And I, I feel say, like they're not going to capitalize off of what happened in issue seven. Like, we just saw Hawkman glow white. And then we get um, this army of hawk people or lion people bowing him. That's know, a great capital. Like, that's going. <laughs> That's capitalizing off of what was presented in the last issue, something I was worried about before, as we said on the last podcast. But with Martian Manhunter thing, you just revived a girl from death. <laughs> and that doesn't just, seem to be important enough. Your clothes just completely changed. But the, but what you need to do right now is burn down the forest. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? That, it's like... Okay, you just resurrected somebody. You're not gonna go run back to Mars and try to do the same thing. Like, like, screw this. Screw this. No, I'm gonna go hunt this person down. This and... forest needs to burn. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it just feels it feels like parts are better than others, and and Tomasi's well, writing. Always happens, you know. There's always, something always suffers in in terms of like you know to progress a story. So yeah, which harks back to what Colton was saying, and that. The format is just not the best way to tell a story. It's too uh, broken up to tell a decent story. But no, no, I mean, if, if my memory is crap, but I don't think Fifty Two had that problem. I thought, you know, Countdown was, did. Well, God bless me. I didn't read Countdown as it was coming out. <laughs> may, yeah, may science bless you. Yes. May science bless me? Is that what you just said? Yes, that is exactly what I just said. Well, to you know, to uh, go ahead, I guess we can all agree. And Andrew, of course, you agree as well. I don't have many thoughts on it. I mean, it's this is pretty much the sum of everything I don't like in Brightest Day, which is the Hawks. And this is pretty much the Hawk issue. Like, I remember we were talking about the last issue of Brightest Day, and I was like, oh, this issue is kind of good. I mean, I wonder what's I wonder what's different about it. Oh, that's right, the Hawks aren't in it. And now it's this is pretty much center stage, which is fine. I mean... I get the feeling they'll probably get this out of their system for a while to come. Um, but I don't know. I, nothing in this really sticks with me. I, I guess Hawkworld is Thanagar. Maybe that was even revealed like years ago. I don't know. I don't it, know. It's care. not supposed to be Thanagar. Hmm. That's the only problem I have here. Like me, me and Eric were you know, discussing. Hawkworld is apparently a separate entity from Thanagar, but yet is, an, is a planet that was uh, once visited by humanity and where apparently Hawk people and, and, the, and the Thundercats just fought for Untold days for no reason. Thundercats. So, has, has, have any of you folks actually read the old Hawkworld stuff from like the eighties? No, me and Frank were just talking about it today and how uh, how I'm awesome curious. it sounded, but we never actually read it. Yeah, there was a Hawkworld in the eighties. No, there was. Yeah. The 80s? Wasn't it where Carter Hall like? Yeah, doesn't doesn't Carter Hall like Carter Hall like murder somebody in prison in it or something ridiculous like that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just curious to hear from someone that's actually read that old one and see what was actually changed and retconned here and what wasn't and. Well, that's what I think is interesting. I was talking to Frank about this. What is interesting about, I remember when Jeff Johns came on the scene, and he's been around, he's been around for a while, really. People forget he's around for like 15, 20 years almost, right? But like, <laughs> um, he, uh, the thing is, what made him like big was when he revamped specifically. Annoying for like, five. Huh? Annoying for five. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Kind of on the back burner for 15 years, tolerable for six, and annoying yes, for five. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, he, 
Well, the thing is, like, he wrote, actually the big shit push for him when I first heard of him, besides the Flash issues that everybody loves, like Wes and stuff like that, is that, um, which I actually have a Flash question I'm going to ask later. Uh, Wes, hopefully, will be able to answer it. Anyway, Day, um, Day of Judgment. Yeah, 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 exactly. Day of Judgment. Itself. That's when I first, uh, that's the first thing he did that I read. Um, the Hawk, his whole thing, his claim to fame when he got, like, street credit was, I, mean, I guess, as much street credit as you get writing a comic book, for God's sake. He, um, <laughs> with the ASA, he took all of the elements of the Hawkman continuity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one serviceable continuity. And I was talking to Frank today, and apparently, like, that was such a good idea. How about I just shit all over that, too, and make that not make any sense and make people hate <laughs> even more than they already do? I mean, God knows nobody gives a shit. Why don't I just make sure that no one will ever give a shit again about the Hawks? Like, for you, Jeff. Didn't they do the exact same thing in Zero Hour, though, when they combined the Hawks together? Well, they, well that was that, but then there was, like, Zero Hour made an effort to combine them all into one being, but didn't actually make sense. And then Jeff Johns, his revolutionary idea was that he acknowledged all of continuity, which is actually a really interesting idea that, like, Grant Morrison is doing a really cool thing with Batman about being, the idea being that every Batman story ever actually happened, yada, yada, yada. But his whole thing was, like, as opposed to him being, like, he used to be a reincarnation of an Egyptian guy, and he was a cop, and he made it all those things, which is why he's, like, 65, like, all the past lives, and 65,000 years old, and all the past lives, and stuff like that. So that was the whole idea. Now adding this whole other Hawk element, I guess he's trying to make Thanagar interesting, but Thanagar is already pretty interesting, and I feel like he's stripping down the concept to the point where it's, like, Hawk people versus lion people. Isn't that cool? It's like, no. No one thinks that's cool. <laughs> if anybody thinks that the Hawk stuff is the best stuff in Brightest Day, I, they shouldn't be reading comics, I think, you know. I feel like they're going for an Avatar vibe or something, particularly with like the floating continents and so. stuff and the previous issues. Maybe. Eh, actually, actually, why not? Next issue, the, the Hawks are going to turn blue, and they're going to start like <laughs> no, they're no, jacking it, their wings into uh, each other. Retail sex. No, it boils it boils down to the fact that you know, like humanity has to come and fix another world's problems. So you know, yeah, they come exactly. Earth, exactly. They come. Hey, listen, all you guys have probably been doing dumb shit for this entire time. I'm going to go mate with the Hawk people. Now we're flying people. We're done. Yeah. End of story. Yeah, I mean, as much as, uh, I mean, we had a lot of complaints uh, when Blackest Night uh, had that issue where it kind of just, you know, obviously stated that the human, human race and Earth was the beginning of all the, the universe. Life, yeah. Obviously, that just flies in the face of, well, that just shits in the face of continuity. I mean, just, it does. And you give up, it does. the face That's, of reality. So does Superman's flight. I mean... Yeah, but come on, that's not, I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about certain things are accepted in the DC universe that, like, you know, uh, Power Girl likes wearing that outfit, that Superman <laughs> can fly, that, that <laughs> don't burn, that, uh, you know, Kyle Rayner doesn't have any problem with what's going on with anybody, you know, like, we, we accept certain things that's just the law of the universe, but certain things like the Owens are billions of years old, you know, uh, Darkseid is trillions of years old, I mean, these are years, years, years old, I mean, that's just stuff we accept. To do something like, oh, humanity with the Earth, humans, Earthlings, well, that was the first thing in the universe. It doesn't actually make any sense. And it was one of those things you can kind of corral it and just say, well, the, the trespasser or whatever, Yahweh, first showed up on the ball that was going to become Earth. But no, I mean, stuff like the Hawkworld thing and stuff like Green Lantern Revelation since then have established firmly, no, this 2,000-year-old civilization we have at post-Jesus Christianity, American whiteism, that's the first like, species on Earth, uh, in the universe, and that's ridiculous. I mean, and not just, not just that, but like, apparently no one felt fear until like 2,000 years ago, or no one felt hope until 2,000 years ago. 
Exactly, and the fact that the Thanagarians have now been reduced to being, as Frankie said, uh, Navi versus Thundercats versus humans, and that's where they come from. And so, I think that completely eliminates them as a species. I mean, now they're no longer anything except just the bastard stepchildren of Earth, and that's, that's not cool. We're going to find out what, the Kryptonians are a bunch of, like, Neil Armstrong, like, had sex with a bunch of space sirens, and <laughs> Kryptonians, uh, they traveled back in time and became Krypton. I mean, nah, screw that. I mean, that's, that's not what's interesting about DC. DC's interesting because it has this, like, ridiculously elaborate history, and I don't want humans to be the, the main focal point of that, you know? Well, let's... Anyway. Well, I do, I well, let me just say one more thing about Brightest Day, and then I'll shut up about it. Um, <laughs> uh, the whole thing... And I, first of all, John Jones slowly realized that there's another Martian. I didn't know that since issue, like, zero, but for some reason he just figured it out now. Um, but also, he seems shocked that there's another Martian, and then it's a woman, I guess, but... Um, if anybody read the March, which I guess nobody really did, the March Man on a miniseries that came out of the mm-hmm. which, which is pretty much the only thing he was in for like three years, except when he got killed at the end of Salvation Run and Final Crisis and stuff. Um, the big surprise to get of that was that there was one more Martian. It was a woman, and she wanted to kill John, and that was a cliffhanger at the end of the series. She flew away like, I'll get you one day, John Jones. And, and I guess that completely... <laughs> and your little dog, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Crisis, get rid of that because what was the point of? I mean, you know, I think that was post. I think that was post crisis. Well, yeah, there was like eight crises. There's like eight crises since then, so whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It just it seems like lame that they waste eight eight, eight issues on a non-surprise that if you already read. If you spent hard-earned money, like or not very hard-earned money, like I did on the Martian Manhunter miniseries, and you'd be a little grumpy about it. Reissue that, and then I bought the trade because I like the art, and and now it's it's like thirty dollars a shit sitting on my shelf. That's fair enough. <laughs> and, you know, and uh, you know, we can all just, you know, again, all agree upon the fact that, you know, the story needs, we need more from the story, so we'll wait till issue number nine, because, of course, we have to read what's going on in Brightest Day. As you can see, I'm rolling my eyes right now, but still, you can't. We can't, do it for the fans. We do it for the fans. Now, we're going to move on to now the uh, JLA-JSA crossover, which, um, Basically, it's about five, five issue, four, four issue uh, part because it was a prelude of um, a story devised by James Robinson and uh, drawn by Mark Bagley. Both of them, both uh, both issue JLA and JSA, um, where we're reintroduced to the Starheart that, of course, you know, comes from the vastness of space back to Earth because, of course, Earth is a giant magnet of everything and um, takes control of the Alan Scott. As everyone knows, the uh, first original man to call himself the, the Green Lantern in the DC Universe. Of course, we've sort of seen this sort of parallel of evil Starheart before, but to a different degree here. Uh, you know, he goes out of his way to uh, possess the minds of most of elemental of the elemental cre- of heroes and creatures and villains of the DCU and have them go rampaging crazy um, because he is, of course, a Starheart as if you do not know, is a source of chaos and reckless abandonment. Now, the first thing he, uh, you know, the Starheart does is, of course, fashion himself in the, uh, the Alan Scott, I mean, yeah, the Alan Scott armor-esque Green Lantern uniform that we saw, we've all apparently been uh, reintroduced so many times for since uh, Kingdom Heart, uh, Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. I'm going like that. Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom, Kingdom Come storyline. Uh, where he's wearing uh, his knight armor, you know the uh, the old knight who stands vanguard for the for you know order and chaos and whatnot. Um, and of course, in the story, we have the, both sets of teams: the JLA, the newly constructed JLA, and the JSA, 
uh, join forces to uh, again try to rescue their friend and to uh, uncover the uh, great mystery that's falling, uh, befalling the uh, the Earth. And of course, we're brought, we are brought back to his daughter uh, Jade and his son Obsidian, who, as again, normally when things is star heart nature goes crazy, and we are also brought. Uh, other elements of the, of the DC universe where Kyle Rayner, the uh, Green Lantern, once who once dated Jade, comes to uh, to their aid in a way, but you know, mistreated in the substatutes, some fashions to uh, eliminate Alan Scott. Um, the whole story again, you know, balls together into a giant free for all where everything collides to a one massive, you know, heart of the cards type deal where. At the end of it, if your will is great, you will overcome evil itself. Part of the cards. And so, I would say for a four-part crossover event of uh, epic proportion, I suppose, and one of the main reasons for why Jade came back in Brightest Day of all time, uh, came back in Brightest Day, was a combination of a story that I cannot fully understand. So I'm gonna get. I'm gonna let someone else speak to like you know try to try to get their idea as to what the story was about. So I'm gonna start with West. Well, that was a bad move because uh, West doesn't like Mark Bagley and I understand West doesn't like Mark Bagley, but I want to see. I want to have West's interpretation of the story itself. West yeah. didn't read this story. <laughs> West, West doesn't like Mark Bagley. So much that you did not read the story. That is correct. Wow. All right then. Well, Wes, I'm glad you gave your input. What a kind of uh, humongous waste of time that was. Yes. <laughs> Why was it like the worst part about it was that it had two prologue issues? Like, how do you have two prologue issues to a four-part storyline? Like, that's insane. I mean, <laughs> what, uh... <laughs> told you, Colton. Uh, yes, uh, Mr. West, we'd like to point out, uh, see if you can fit in this uh, bloody glove. Ha ha ha, whatever, come on, seriously. But I'm from seriously. And I'm not a joke lot. I don't get it, I don't, I'm OJ because I don't like Mark Bagley. Wait, wait, oh, you were making no, OJ joke? The way you were speaking was kind of like a testimony. Oh. oh and because you're black, it has to be an OJ reference. Yeah, right. I was confused. Okay, let's, let's just talk about the damn comic book. I'm out of date in my references. I'm sorry. I lived in the 90s. Anyways, moving along. There were some art glitches, I will admit. Like, some characters had slightly off-color things and costume problems. And the story itself, what to say about the story? The main problem of the story, the real problem, it kind of just ended abruptly. It's like, oh, no. what are going off a bit. Yeah. Yes, it did. It kind of just kind of just dropped. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like it, it's kind of like he decided on this arc. He had an idea, and he decided, you know what? I want to put to be continued right here and stop. Because because all we because what we end up getting is we get a more powerful Alan Scott, but with this, you could lose control at any moment. Bum bum bum. So in order and, to resolve this problem, we're sending your kids to separate rooms. And then you see the to be continued pop up on the screen. Then the ending theme song starts playing. That's what that felt like. It was like the, it was like the end of that arc, but except it's not. It was, because it was, it was, it was like the end of Green with Evil Part Four. Okay. Exactly. For your Power Rangers fans, it was exactly like that. Thank you for that geeky reference that I got completely. Ah, uh, he wasn't the only one. <laughs> uh, glad to hear that. Which makes me the only one who yes. didn't get it. <laughs> 
How do you not get that? Whatever. Seriously, you didn't get the Green with Evil reference? Green with Evil is the story where Tommy... Tommy <laughs> Listen, people. We may be a Green Lantern podcast, but we're not, you know, a Green you know, Lantern... See, a green see, everything I, I, podcast. I, I, All right, so I'm going to say my piece a little bit more about this little section. I mean, to get more elaborate as to what's going on. Again, in the story, we have... Drastically, a lot of elements are being put together in one book, That's, and nothing is really focused on Alan Scott, who is, a, again, the story is supposed to be focused on Alan Scott, and it isn't. We have so many parts in the story where we have people going like, oh, my God, I want to find my husband. Oh, my God, um, I can't lead correctly. Oh, my God, uh, I can't believe I just want to hit things, and there's oh <laughs> a lot of oh, my gods in this book. And I cannot get over the fact that Kyle Rayner shows up only to have a, a, a made to look out like he's the bad guy in this issue, yelling around, oh my god, you were dead, get over it. Yeah, yeah. So did he fight Alan? He didn't even fight Alan. This is, <laughs> they introduced an element of, uh, of a story which could have panned into this whole, hey, uh, you are his sort of, in many ways, Alan Scott, you are Kyle's father figure. You helped him out through thick and thin through many things here. This could have been a part of the story where in many ways, I mean, uh, Obsidian had his moment to shine, but it could be like the prodigal son comes over the Green Lantern Destiny, you know, uh, legacy here and to combat the man who sort of taught him the ropes. That didn't happen. We did, get, however, get some resolution or controversy in Kyle's love life with, uh, with Jade, where it, it was literally all, all it, it fell into was you left me. Hey, you cheated on me. Hey, you left me. Hey, you died. <laughs> so they're not going to get back together. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> there's, a, there's an even off, there's an off-handed moment in the, in the story where um, during that same little <laughs> back and forth I just said, where Donna goes, wait, she cheated on him? <laughs> Which makes me wonder... What was that even needed for? Is there is there something going to happen here? Is this, is this actually going to blow into something? I don't know. It was oh, that's that's kind of cool because uh, you know he was with Donna and say next issue Donna confronts Jay like how dare you cheat on him? <laughs> he is such a great man and. <laughs> But wait, why is that needed? I love, however, I love I love, the, I love the, 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 the there's a full page of Jay just going, I'm changing. <laughs> What? what did did like, she change? No, yes, yeah, she did change. Yeah, no, when she, she changed co- the, when she changes costumes, there's a full page. Yes, there is a, there's a full page oh, of her the white standing there, thing. like going, yeah, white white lantern, and then going, I'm changing. And that's the that's the page. That's all. I'm changing. That's the point of it. It's stupid. No, yeah, oh yeah. Also, if this is, uh, and I would say, you know, for spoiler alerts for anyone who hasn't read the book and is listening to the podcast, there's a part in the story where. Jade does change into White Lantern, and her apparently her mission is is stated again. You know, balance your brother. He'll save the he'll save your friends. And then right after whatever occurs, it says, "You saved everyone. Mission accomplished. That's it." It's like, is wait what? It was so offhandedly put into the story that I have no idea what that meant. Did she actually complete her task? Is is that it? No White Lantern, whatever. Is it over for her? Is her is her candidate like slipped out the box now? 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's, that's a random thing to be putting in a in a crossover. You know, it's something that you know is going to be collected into one storyline. You're just going to have this random moment in time where Jade turns white. Yes, it's because it's it's uh, all of because now all the DC books are connected. You have to do everything to to get anything. It's so stupid. God. I mean, I wouldn't say it's so stupid. It's just not um, properly executed. I, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, I think it's something they probably could have left out into uh, the no, next yeah, storyline. I don't understand why there was why she had the White Lantern in this. This is why 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 the the climax of this was her turning into the White Lantern and then going and touching the Star Heart or whatever. I don't even know. No, you know well, her, so, her, so her, her turning and, then you, and losing it. She never used it to use it to get to the Star Heart. So she loses the White Lantern thing after she does whatever with her brother and goes mission uh, accomplished. It's done. What's the point? That's, that's so stupid. It's so yeah. st- what was the po- there was no point in her turning into White Lantern. All it's gonna do is in five years when someone reads when someone goes, Oh, hey, Justice League and Justice Society crossover, oh I'll read this. And plus, th- these kinds of things, the crossovers, the big Justice League Justice Society crossovers, this should be the kind of thing that gets someone in, not the convoluted crap they've been for the what the past two this crossover and the last crossover was the uh freaking the the Legion one, right? And that was confusing. The cro- the crossover Oh it was. It the was. Just- Justice League Justice Society crossovers are the kind of thing that you should be able to give to anybody. And they read them and say, oh, this is awesome. I want to start reading comics now. Not something you should give to somebody who's been reading comics for 20 years and they still don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, sad to say, it's a bit of a mess for me. So I can't honestly say, uh, I recommend anyone, that if this is going to be your start on point, not don't, to read this, you know, to jump on here. Start on point. You can't Jesus start Christ, here. <laughs> you, you honestly cannot start in this issue. You will understand nothing of what's going nothing. on. It's ridiculous. Uh, and then again, it, to agree with Colton, there, it does peter off at the end. There's that one moment where it's like, where Batman, Dick Grayson Batman, comes out of nowhere and goes, I figured it out. You are the control medium. Go do what you have to do. And she goes, okay. And we've won the day. That's it. This, there's no, there's no real, terrible. there is literally no, I mean, honestly, there's, it seems like for an idea, as an idea standpoint, this could have been epic in many standards. I mean, this is, you know, the, uh, the ultimate of, of chaotic evil in the universe that had to be controlled by the guardians of the universe and had been lost since, you know, in the vastness of space itself coming to earth and wrecking havoc. But we never, we never really actually saw being as epic as we can assume it could be. Um, then it comes into the fight where this is a, you know, a big you know, struggle for a daughter and her father to, you know, reconcile over the great evil itself and to, you know, draw him away from the darkest, the darkest that's engulfing him. Yet there really wasn't any, there's a part, there are parts where she goes, father, stop, come from, come back from, you know, within the depths of darkness. And she's all like, no, and then at the end of at the end of the story, she goes like, "I can suck away the darkness." <laughs> she of goes, you. "No," and she goes, "Okay." Yeah, she goes, "Oh, <laughs> damn curses! I should continue trying, even though my mind is conflicted." And then there's you know, then there's the points of the story where she goes, "And now I will suck away the evil that engulfs you, Father." And then he's like, "Cool." It's oh my, it's ridiculous. Literally, I mean, I know I'm sort of you know exaggerating a bit, but. Yeah, but still, it's, 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 it's basically it's basically what happens. So again, so, I'm sorry to be a little bit negative in the storyline itself, but honestly, it could have been 
tremendously better in, in terms of it was executed, in terms of being a team book. Also, I cannot get over the fact that there's so many, you know, other people's pop-up bubbles coming all over in a page where someone has to say, oh, my God, where's Rick, where's Rick, where's Rick, where's Rick, where's Rick, where's Rick? Where's Rick? And then Robin going, oh, Robin. And Batman going like, oh my god! <laughs> I called should, him Robin. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> <I, I> <laughs> Robin. Night going, Robin going. Hey, I should have really thought of this ahead. I could have done better. I could have prevented this. Or other people go like, hey man, this is some really weird shit right here. And that's it. Honestly, I cannot. I cannot get over the fact there's. I need 14 different pop-ups of people's inner thoughts in this story. It's just for the executing, my for my taste. So. So we were talking earlier before the show started. Um, you guys are talking that this series set up more than it did. Also, you know, the resolution. Right. So yeah, honestly, it, there's a lot of what, setup in this what, story. What, what what did it set up potentially? In terms where like Carlton was saying, uh, Carlton, you want to pick, take it up from here? Yeah. Basically, aside from the fact that it was also supposed to explore the start a bit more, it also gives it also gives this interesting situation where. Alan Scott's got this new power. He's like the magic ion, but there's always a chance that he could lose control because it takes a lot of, you know, will to restrain this chaos. And to be honest, I don't see this actually panning out in, in any future events. I mean, I'm, so I'm sorry to say, like, you know, I honestly don't see Alan Scott becoming the magic equivalent of ion. I mean, he could be. I mean, now that he is taming the entirety of chaos itself within his, you know, his psyche and his control metal his his powering but i don't see it i don't know if it's gonna happen i i can't call it but for me right now i doubt he's actually gonna be going like right going around creating like whole cities and making them alive well we we did see that uh origins and omens uh what was omen <laughs> of alan being on trial with honestly, other magic base characters i honestly thought this was gonna be the the point where it was going to happen. I mean, having right. Kyle Rayner come in, swooping on orders of by the Guardians of the Universe to contain Alan Scott, or be it, you know, be it for uh, if necessary, dispose of him. It was, I thought this was going to be the point, the, you know, the point where Kyle has to, like, you know, capture Alan and put him on trial. Like, you know, you have gone against the rules of all. You know, this is your point of the story where I am now. You know, you are now. Uh, Subjected to your actions, like you know, you have caused so much chaos. You have now have to be put on trial because you were never supposed to have the this uh, you know chaotic element to the, in the first place. But it didn't pan out that way. So essentially, we're left with Alan in the same spot that Guy Gardner was with his Red Lantern inside. I suppose you can actually say that's that's how the story ended up. But there's still room to pay that to pay off later on. This could just be like one step towards that. The chances are that new JSA writer Mark Guggenheim won't even bother with it. More than likely, he will probably leave, uh, leave that to the wayside. Kind of a shame. Got potential. Well, we'll see. Again, I could be wrong. I can I cannot call what Mark Guggenheim is thinking. He may he may consider that you know what this has potential, and he might might he might exploit it. But we'll see when the new run starts. I'd say explore, but okay. What do you think, Andrew? All right, I guess my thoughts can be summed up as uh, frustration. I mean, I was I was actually really looking forward to this, unlike a lot of people. Like, I, I don't really mind Bagley's art that much. Um, 
I was looking forward to what James is going to do. Obviously, this is hyped up all over the place. I mean, all these conventions. I mean, Jeff Johns even was hyping it up for Robinson. He's talking about like, oh, uh, James has this fantastic idea, you know, for 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 Jade. You know, we we had some we had different slots of people that could be were going to be resurrected uh, at the end of Blackest Night, and you know, there was a couple of ones that, that we we could have gone either way on. But you know, Robinson had this awesome idea for Jade. You know, bringing her back yeah, and the story around it. Doctor Light to the side because yeah. we want to bring up Jade. <laughs> Yeah, it's this awesome storyline around it. You get to read about it, and you know the, the JLA JSA crossover, and it's like, oh wow, well, this must be really kick ass. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I thought the idea was that it was supposed to like kind of bring back the Star Heart and kind of define or redefine its place in the DCU post Infinite Crisis and Final Crisis or whatever. Um, but if anything, all it succeeded in doing was making things more confusing. And I, I, I almost want to rally behind it for the simple fact that uh, we get. A little role for Kyle Rayner, but uh, <laughs> the way they include him almost makes me angry that they they even bothered with that at all. Um, and uh, Bagley's art hasn't been more horrific, to be honest. Uh, oh yeah, just not his best day. No, yeah. not his best couple of months. It's no. close to his best day. I don't know who the hell the colorist was in these issues, but it's yeah. like they made a, they made a deliberate attempt to like sabotage. I don't know, like multiple characters here, like page to page. <laughs> Someone's bitter. No, I, I'm, I am bitter. I was looking, I was looking forward to this damn thing. No, I meant, I meant the colorist. Oh yeah, yeah. Someone got fired. Like, and I guess, hopefully, not hopefully. I don't want anybody to lose their job in this recession, but yeah, hopefully. Damn. Especially, especially right after you have no job. Hopefully, they got fired and have no job and are out on their ass forever. Yeah, maybe I'll take. The job. <laughs> yeah, you can take their coloring job. Someone's better. My crayons yeah. out. I, I guess like if I just poured, I feel like if I just poured water. Out of my sink onto the page, it would have been better colored than whoever colored that uh, the, the series. To be honest, I guess you know, Hi-Fi would have been better colors, and I don't even like Hi-Fi. Yeah, the colors, the colors for this was uh, Ulysses, Ariola, and uh, Satara. Zaratus. Zaratus. I Hi-Fi if Hi-Fi would have been better colors here. Yeah, there was well, five anchors on this book. And, and Bennis would have been a better yeah, colorist. I, I tried to. I colorist. tried to look him up on. I tried to look him up. Look them up on Facebook and DeviantArt just to yell at them about uh, fucking up Kyle, like in different yeah. ways every single issue. But uh, I couldn't every find issue, it. Dude. Yeah. Like first, oh, we're gonna we're gonna give him a house costume in the first one, and the second one, like, oh, well, we'll, we'll fix that. But now he's got green gloves and uh, Hal's ring. The green uh, gloves, followed by Marcus Doe. Yeah. I guess I'd, I'd for a second and went screw it. I'd feel a lot better about this whole story arc if I actually felt like there was something. That came of it, or I don't know. There's some point to it, and I, I just don't see it. Yeah. I mean, Alan comes out a little more powerful, or something, and Jade fulfilled her whole mission already. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what to make of this, really. Yeah, there was some cool ideas. Yeah, and I, I think this. I think it's only Bagley's first page. On, I guess the first of two unnecessary, ridiculous two prologues to a, a, a five issue. Oh, I know. Huh? Um, the first page where it's just uh, Dick Grayson doing a jump attack on the uh, Joker, I was like, "Oh, that's actually pretty good." Looks like somebody uh, somebody stopped uh, penciling with his asshole and started drawing uh, like Mark Bagley again. And then as soon as you read the page, like, no, he the page asshole. The rest of the series, <laughs> loved it. And, I mean, I mean, I love, I do like Mark Bagley. Unlike some people's podcasts, I love him. I read uh, Ultimate Spider-Man for years. It's like one of my favorite comics ever. And he just it was like great. ten years ago. I haven't had a problem with him until like fairly recently. He was very good. He was. I haven't seen any of his. I haven't seen any of his work, and you know, until I read Trinity. So I, I, 
my frame of reference for him is fairly recent. But uh, just recently, like in the last few months, it's definitely gone down the crapper. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, it's funny, too, because he's got a different... The thing is with Mark Bagley is he throws really fast, and he has a really appealing style to most people. Um, so that's really what his big thing is. With Ultimate Spider-Man, the big thing about that is Brian Michael Bendis writes scripts insanely fast. He writes like 30 scripts a month. doesn't even proofedit them and stuff. You can tell by reading them. Uh, and then Mark Bagley was really fast. That's why there was such a big game on that. And he was a guy, he was, he was doing like three issues a month at one point. So that's why DC brought him oh, over and put him on training. But that's, that's, his style hasn't, he hasn't slowed down since then. It's like, Mark, you only got one title a month. Calm down. <laughs> like, no, no, wait. If he could do seven titles a month, let's have him do eight completely unnecessary issues of, 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 of JSA and JLA, and it's almost like somebody said to James Robinson, figure out a reason for there to be 16 issues in a row in one of these two titles, and we'll have Mark Bagley throw it. He's like, but, he's like, shut up and do it. Oh, but do JSA. Oh. I mean, it's like, a lot of elements kind of came out of nowhere. Just all of a sudden, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the, Obsidian is, is nuts or something yeah, again. Yeah, again. It's just a lot of... Up and he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous of Donna. And it's like, dude, first off, do your fucking homework. Because you did enough homework to know that Kyle and Donna had a really close relationship. Jade had a problem with it ten years ago. She got over it. Her and Donna were like best friends. Like, and and Jade was so over Kyle by the time they broke up. She really, when you, I mean, it would be one thing if she came back from the dead and was like, "Oh, it's good to see you." Like, happened. Like, what happened? But it's different for her to be like, "I'm really jealous of my ex." Ex girlfriend. Only am I three girlfriends ago. She's eight girlfriends ago. <laughs> they still make the point to throw in there because, like, look, I know a little bit about Jade's history. It's like, uh, okay, so I mean, it was cool to see the elements of Kyle coming together and Kyle shows up and stuff. My thing is the one that I'm going to use this storyline for in future conversations of like talking shit about other Green Lanterns and say how great Kyle is. The Guardians were like, we need to send someone to kill the Starheart, which is the most powerful thing in the universe. Let's send one Green Lantern. And listen, yeah. like, you know, who's not part in charge of that sector? What the fuck was Hal Jordan doing? He's on Earth. Like, he was part of the damn. Like, you know, I mean, and, and John Stewart. Jason Larfley's around or something. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. I better make sure Larfley doesn't steal any more fucking pens. Like, you know, get the, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, fucking fight hard. That's a good point. I just it, it felt like there's a lot of spinning wheels. Like, the, I feel like the same scene was repeated, like, from the last issue of JSA and this issue of JLA. Oh, yeah. Like, like, you left. No, you died. You left. You died. There was plenty of that. There was plenty of that as it evolves. It was actually... It was funny. You left me. You you cheated on me. You left me. You died. To their credit, it was actually fairly effective to me, at least in the the previous issue, the JSA one, but this issue kind of like... They literally repeated it like line for line. I don't know if it was... Maybe it was trying to be a recap or something. I don't know, but it was... It diminished that for me. You know what yeah, I have a big problem with? I'm sorry. Yeah, one of the big problems with this issue with apparently Bagley can't get in, can't get straight enough what ri- what hand Kyle's ring needs to be on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he first of all, he can't even get straight what his ring is. So yeah, that. But it's one. There's, there's stages. He has it on his right. There are panels. Where he has it on his left. He's flying with his left, and he's flying off, never to be seen again, with that ring on his. Oh left. yeah, he is, isn't he? Look at that. Yeah. Funny, because out bitch. of all the problems. Kyle's mask, there are people who've drawn Kyle's mask, uh, uh, all the problems I've had over the 15 million years Kyle's been around. Uh, it's, it's rare you get a guy who can't understand that Kyle's eyes are where regular people's eyes are. Like, half the issue, his eyes were in, like, his fucking temples, like a fish. You know, like, I, <laughs> like what kind of mask design is that? Like, oh, I can't. I can understand like, he's not drawing cool. the mask perfectly, Don't worry. but he has eyes. It's not like his eyes <laughs> move with a mask on his face. Uh, it's really terrible. Really terrible. I mean, there was cool elements. I like the idea of saying like, "Oh, the Starheart's like a child," and it's just kind of yeah, it was, at, uh, 
it was an excellent really premise. Is. An excellent premise. Yeah. And it's good that like yeah. the Doctor Midnight bit where he's like a kind of a badass, but he's just trying to get the gem back for Starman. That's cool. I think James Robinson is trying too hard to write like Brian Michael Bendis. And if anybody reads the Avengers title, this does seem like somebody trying as hard as I can to ape the Avengers titles, you know. And it's really the same level of stuff happening in the Avengers titles. Like, you'll have a random big cosmic event, millions and millions of guest stars, and at the end, nothing's really resolved. But, I mean, to me, Brian Michael Bendis is hilarious and has good characterization, whereas James Robinson is not hilarious. Most of the characters just spout exposition to each other. If Congo Bill explains his powers one more time, I'm going to fucking <laughs> shit and throw it at my own face. Like, you know, I, I can't stand... And that much exposition. Every issue is like, you know, I switch minds into the fun girl. Yes, we know, we know. Like, and even if we didn't know, if you're like, oh, hopefully this is the point where people pick up the issue, people are going to pick up the whole storyline. They're not just going to pick up issue four of the storyline and ignore all the others. Don't even tell me every issue where you come from, you know. And with that, it's ridiculous that he has that kind of exposition. But then the issues was just for the sake of excitement. The issues will start in the middle of like Donna Troy punching Clarion in the face. And I'm like, dude, if it's so confusing for me to understand exactly where all the seven soldiers of Grand Morrison's miniseries are, let alone what timeline that, that actually takes place in Clarion's life. But please just a story which makes me like get even more confusing. And it's cool to see things like, oh, hey, Frankenstein's here. And, oh, we're going to explain finally why they beat up Atlas like six months ago and stuff. But it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And then his big plan was to what? Uh, make all the heroes go nuts and fight? Like, I guess. I mean, that could have been exciting, too, to be like, oh, cool, it's Donna Troy versus Supergirl. And, oh, cool, it's, you know, a character you've never heard of versus a character you've never heard of and stuff. At one point, was it like, fucking, who the hell was, somebody's fighting like Yellow Perry, and I was like, Yellow fucking Perry? Like, what are we even doing? The book, you know, it's exciting to see Congo Bill and Starman do shit, but, you know, uh, whatever. Clarion was in this? Uh, yes, he was. He was, um, at one point, he was fighting Donna Troy and, um, Jade, I think? Yes. Personally speaking, yeah. I, th- I think the problem was it kind of felt like the ending was more like a uh, second-to-last part or third-to-last part. It yeah, kind of I, ending like a, you, have, you, yeah. have this, you have this new power, but you could lose control any minute. Dun-dun-dun. To be continued. Yeah, <laughs> so, so basically what you're saying is that, is that since, since James Robinson got... Uh, got Freaking Mark Bagley to draw the issue. He decided that I want to be like uh, I want to be like Brian Michael Bendis because uh, I took his artist from him. So let's let's do some Bendis. Pretty much. Yes, I think it just it, it just basically let's do Bendis, and it, it's really really similar if you think about. I mean, not to get into that too much because it's a GL podcast, obviously, but just think about who's on the team and who Bendis usually picks to put on teams and who James Robinson decided to pick to put on teams. I mean. As someone who's like a Dick Grayson fan, it's fun to see Dick Grayson doing stuff, and it's fun to see someone give characterization to Donna Troy decide, like, I'm so sorry, maybe you're dead. Like, it's good to see them do stuff outside of their boxes and stuff, but for God's sake, in issue one, they establish that Alan has a base on the moon, and it takes them six issues to walk there. How big is the goddamn moon? I mean, I know I can't walk across the moon in, in six issues myself, but for, they can fucking no, fly no, you, and teleport. You, you, you could probably walk across the moon in six issues. I could. I'm just saying. It makes sense that they would wait that long. Like, I got a plan. Starman's going to go over there and infiltrate, and, and then we'll sit around like assholes and wait for him to die. Like, oh, dick, there's something wrong with your plans. Like, I mean, what the fuck? You know? Well, like, like, uh, I, was, like I was saying, these, these right. generally... Okay. Moving past all... Also, really, really quick. What? Really, really quick. It's a total Damn rip-off it. of Really, really quick, sorry. It's a total rip-off of this uh, Kyle Rayner era Starheart miniseries where the exact same thing happened. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, it is. Heart of Darkness, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Obsidian went nuts. At the end of it, Jade had to talk her dad out of it, and she absorbed the star power to the point where it was like, 
house. Hey, you are the true keeper of the story. Now, same exact thing this time. Same exact storyline. Nothing new happens. Anyway, dead start. <laughs> Jade became the only, one intern. Only, only difference is this time we really have no idea what the the actual Starheart entity is, whereas we kind of yeah. came out of it with a good sense of it in the last. Let's one. not title it an entity now, because next thing you know, no, try to tie more into the GL stuff. Like, I mean, at this point, they should be establishing that the, the Guardians tried to use a bunch of other elements to take over the universe, and then they discovered that this green willpower energy always existed, and they figured out how to tap into it. That's what we should be getting to at this point in the storyline, as opposed. So, like, you know, amount of issues not saying that, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I agree. What's next? <laughs> what else happened? Andrew, do you agree? I agree with what you were saying. Well, well, everyone, uh, hope you enjoyed our reviews and our um, our likes and dislikes of certain things. Our you know our, our anticipations of new things to come. If anything, continue you know watching the skies, stay green, and uh, may Owa be with you. Also, be sure to check us out online at www.thegreenlinercore.com. You can also email us at contact at thegreenlinercore.com. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check us out next time. Be sure to check out Kirby Crackle, the performance of our opening thing, Room Capacity, at www.kirbycracklemusic.com. Also, check out the Roy Clark Method, performance of our ending theme, Sector 2814, at www.freewebs.com. sweet job, so we moved to where she was. And so yeah. far, I've been unemployed. I might have to work at Dunkin' Donuts or something terrible like that. It's, it's pretty it's pretty bleak, but it's all right, whatever. Connecticut's pretty good. It's very tiny. Yeah. Everything I want is on one street. <laughs> anyway, I think Connecticut's really Invite Kuhan to my house. It's good. Uh, I don't know if I want to get butt raped. <laughs> oh, no, it's Andrew. That's Andrew. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. No, there's no blood rape. You're gonna, you're gonna. We had this discussion before. You might think you don't want it now, but when it happens, you'll be agreeable. I'm charismatic. Is is really what it is. So. If I could pull off being called Frank, I would be called Frank. <laughs> Maybe we should just call you Frank and call Frank. Let me be Frank. Bing. I mean, I'm known Frank. I'm known Frank for a while. He kind of earned Bing to me. I feel like if I was gonna call him anything, it would probably be Bing or you know. 
gorilla, but ding or gorilla, either one. Yeah. <laughs> ding or gorilla. <laughs> He's a big guy. He's a, he's a tough guy. I've never met a guy with my ass more Frankie. Okay. And I know Frankie, he's now, twice the size of Frankie, but anyway, go ahead. From now on, you're going to be called Grodd. Just call him Gorilla. I like just Gorilla. I don't even want to give him a, a superhero name. I just, it just Gorilla is good. Superhero? Frankie's hands? Frankie's hands are the size of like three Kuhans tied together. <laughs> a large person. I don't even know how big I am. I mean, he's like seven feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you had three small people tied together, it would still be pretty large hands. One person would just be a large... A baby would still be a large hand, so I guess Frankie's hands are like giant babies, is all I'm saying. <laughs> giant babies. So, so like, toddlers <laughs> or, or people. He used to play... He used to palm, like, six basketballs at the same time. It was, like, it was disgusting. It was disgusting. It was like a pornographic film every time we played a sport. It was terrible. Anyway. I think it's getting into insulting territory. That's a mental image that's not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> it's like a pornographic movie when he plays sports. <laughs> He's just juggling yeah. all these balls. balls. Yeah, juggling balls. Yeah. I can distinctly remember this happening every time. Yeah, we used to play football. We would just call him Gorilla Palm and Ball Frankie. That was his. Uh, that was his full <laughs> code name. Back to you in the studio. I'm standing outside the... Uh, still complex. an 85% chance of shit today, Al. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm looking at the corner on the, the comic book store, and I see right at day six, and then instead of seven and eight, there's just two piles of shit. I can't tell if this is a regular thing or a full cover situation. Yeah. I, I, got, I think describing Kuhan as the giggling uh, schoolgirl of the podcast is not an exaggeration, I think. Yeah. I thought Colton I thought, I thought okay. was a giggling schoolgirl. Nope, I, I know shit. No, not that he knows shit. It's just that Kingly Schoolgirls are like, you know, small and tiny and pleasant. And, uh, <laughs> pleasant. <laughs>